Hey, Pete. Hey, man. Uh, I just wrote this. Check it out. Okay. Rachmaninoff. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Caught again, uh, totally ripping off Rachmaninoff. In your web of lies. Yeah. Well, no, but you did you know my response? Rachmaninoff? I wasn't even sure if that's what it was, but you know what that's a reference to? What? Uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. She just plays the thing and then she says, ah, Rachmaninoff, when they're going through yeah. the teeny little uh, uh, hallway. I feel terrible even just sassy. mentioning Rock. Like, I didn't play the right... Voicings or anything. I it just was kind, kind of, of like, like a New Orleans it. dirge version <laughs> yeah, no, of no, Rock Mountain. Yeah. It wasn't really Rock Mountain. I heard uh, a couple of days ago, what is today? Yeah, two days ago, I heard the Brahms. Speaking of Rock Mountain, a classical composer, hmm. um, the Brahms Second Symphony, a beautiful version of the St. Louis Symphony. It's an amazing playing. piece. It's an amazing piece. Yeah. They really killed it. It was nice. St. Louis Symphony is world class. Uh, Y'all don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And not. In the way that we say that you'll hear a podcast is world class. We mean truly. Well, no, I guess we're world. We're, we are worldwide as well. Yeah, I mean, as far as daily jazz podcasts they're more, go, they're more like world classy. Yeah. We're just world class. Oh no, maybe we're world class. <laughs> we're world asses. Beep. That- <laughs> <laughs> Andrew can't. Be, uh, you should beep out that just because of how annoying it was. Yeah, put some Charlie Parker or something on that. That's please. right. Okay. All right. So what do we have today? We have another question. We, we've been having some great, we have having a bunch of questions, which we always get. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did ignore it for about two weeks. So no, but these are all good. like within the last couple of days too, though, pretty much, aren't they? Oh yeah, they actually are. Yeah. And they're within, all good. Yeah. 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 Well, we have one uh, here from John and, uh, <laughs> why, why do you say it like that? John. Well, just John just, uh, <laughs> sent us a message. No, it says, uh, name's John. Oh, cause you, the last couple of days we've had European names. So you've been more excited by that. Now, so hold on. Like now, John Kevin was true. French, but his name's Kevin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and hoy. I don't, I can't say that. Okay. So John, yeah, let's right. check it out. Greetings, Maestro Martin and Manis. This is John from California. I have a question about sources of inspiration for composing music. Um, as far as your experience of composing your own music, is it as simple as you're just jamming and trying to come up with some cool sounding music? Or is it deeper than that where you're trying to convey some kind of meaning or message or story, you know, lost love or some kind of spiritual idea or something? Um, does music ever come to you in dreams? You know, I think of the latest Brad Meldau album where uh, the melody for the title track came to him in a dream. Um, has something like that ever happened to you guys? Uh, just curious what your thoughts are on that. Thank you very much. That's a great question, John. Um, and, and kind of a complicated answer. And by the way, the new Brad Meldau record, uh, Seymour Reads the Constitution, is fantastic. And yes. That, that tune that he got out of a dream. He had a dream that... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was reading him the United States Constitution and there was a melody going on in the background and he got up and he wrote it out and that became the impetus for the record. Yes. And it's awesome. Yep. And uh, Has that ever happened to you? I actually have. Dreams? I've, I've dreamed some, I don't know if I've dreamed melodies, but I've dreamed some sounds or some maybe changes. I've definitely, it's happened a couple of times yeah. where I woke up and like, what is that? I got to figure that out. Yeah. And you know what? I always think of it like, it's just a different... We we absorb all this music all day, every yeah. day, and like it's somewhere, some, some somewhere it reaches us, and we remember it somehow. And sometimes it comes out in the subconscious. That's yeah, all I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, there's a few times I actually keep a little pad, a little notational uh, scribe, uh, uh, music paper, basically, um, in, <laughs> by by my bedside. Um, I thought it was like a like a like a leather bound, like a notational, <laughs> yeah. scribe, and a quill, a quill <laughs> with a pad, jar yeah. of ink. Yeah, um, and I do because I occasionally I don't know if I have really dream them or it's like I wake up and I'm hearing them but but a lot of times if I'm playing a lot of music the day before especially the night before or yeah. listening to something sometimes I've woken up and with some incredible stuff only to realize it was something somebody else wrote that I was playing the previous day like a little part of it totally you know? uh, but I mean I, the, the nightmare when you're writing a lot of music is actually you do go to bed like with that music you've been writing all day in your head yes for me that yeah. is the worst yeah because all i want to do when i go to bed is not listen to that music in my head because <laughs> right. you're playing it over and over and over again right. as you write it you know but I, mean? I have found that some things that i couldn't quite solve in um something that i was writing or arranging just sleeping sometimes when i wake up yeah and i go back to the piano or go back to the paper and i'm like oh yeah this is so you know like when you get stuck i always think it's good to sleep or walk or something and i think with composing um you know, it's funny because, yeah, when you're composing, in theory, you can just write anything. Yeah. But I think the more experience you have in doing it, the more you do it, the the more skillful you get at it, you start to actually have less options in a way. Like, when you first start, it's a clean slate. You have no idea what your thing is. You have no idea. and and But, I mean, even, like, now, like, if you're going to write, it can be anything, which is great. But once you start down a path, I feel like you're kind of required to continue down that path now there's many different ways i think about it like you're going from point a to point b on a, on a hike and there's the regular you, you you make a decision to go down this trail and that's your first melody it's your first chord it's your first, whatever it is and then you need to get to the destination which is the end but how you get there you, you can veer off the path there's many different ways to do it you can even end up going to another destination but you have to continue on you can't just randomly jump around yeah. i mean you can but then you're going to have this kind of you know, hodgepodge or mushy kind of piece that doesn't make any sense. Well, this leads into what I was going to lead in with this, which is, uh, you know, to answer John in a simple way, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, is that sort of random pull it from the universe inspiration will always exist in your composition yeah, in, in a sense. And then, but as, as you get better and you do more and more, it becomes like 95% craft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cab yeah. Cabinet making where you take that. Yeah. And, and for me, as, as we talk about, you know, setting off on this path, you have a, a spark of inspiration or you're just, you know, maybe you're, you're jamming at the piano, as John said, and, and you find an idea. You know, to me, the, f the, the fleshing it out uh, with the craft that I've, I've learned, yeah. how, how to do that becomes Tricks part of, the of trade. it. Tricks of the trade. And then I think just like in my improvising life, the constant fight of trying to grow and not do, do what I've done before is part of it too. It's a little trickier in composition because usually, you know, for my composition and, and arranging, which I consider a form of composition, sure. uh, I, I'm usually working for someone else. You know, yeah. most of the time I'm, I'm commissioned to do something that I have to get done at a certain amount of time. And so I have to fight, you know, what I expect out of myself, try to push myself, but stay within the, the confines of whatever right, right. I'm working on. Yeah. I mean, if you have a commission or if you're writing for film or TV or for anything where there's like a deadline, that pretty much wipes out that let me wait till the universe lines up and, and hands me this beautiful melody yeah. in the and middle no, wait, of the night. You, you got to get it done. <laughs> yeah. And that takes, you know, like, like a, a craftsmanship. That, yeah. That needs to but be I think applied. that they can work together in terms of then when you have the opportunity to do and you've got some great arrangements and some great comp original compositions as well um and I, w I wonder if you know the times when you have to force through for the gig for the job 
then helps you once you get the inspiration when you're not on a deadline. It's for you. It's like, okay, I want to write something for my next record, but I don't have to do it right now. But then at a certain point, you've got the idea. Then it's like you got to execute it. That, there's that other 95% yep. because I, for me, I find like – and I remember like it was so hard. I, w- I was always writing a lot, and, and, and I would just say that that as opposed to number one, listen, to compose, yeah. to get better, compose. Yeah. I mean it's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. To get stronger, lift weights. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean if you can do the right ones at the right temperature, that's even better. But I mean basically you just got to do it yep. because um, the experience level – like you are going to – there is something I think that anybody with any kind of musical sensitivity, which basically is every human that's ever born – until the world kind of wipes it out of us, you know? Yep. Um, if you're lucky enough not to have your musicality and your sensitivity and your artistic flair pulled from you and you get any kind of skill as a composer or, or in music where you can actually do something in music, not just listen to it, um, everybody has something to say, unique. Yep. Yep. You know, not everybody's Beethoven, but it doesn't, thank God that not everybody's Beethoven, you know? <laughs> but it takes experience. And, and what we mean by when we say things like craftsmanship and experience and doing it like this is that I know if I give Peter two musical ideas, right? If I give you two themes, you could probably come up with about 20 minutes on those two different themes, yeah. c- composing it out. Because you know how to work a theme diff- very yeah. different ways, whether that's put it in a groove or a bass line or change the key or change the tempo or, you know, the same thing with me. You have to, you have to just like as an improviser, we, we strive for economy in our yeah. ideas, you know, taking themes and develop them, developing them through our solo. It's the same thing with composition. You know, my goal is to get the most out of the little, you know, so I can most money for the least amount of work, right? Exactly. So oh no, I'm, sorry. <laughs> like I don't. For me, music isn't compelling. That uh, I'm just you know trying to compose every single beat of every single bar completely out of right. the universe. Just we're like, very rarely paid by the note. It just well, and it just <laughs> it doesn't make for compelling music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I want to hear how uh, you know once I've established the theme, now you have color and context that you yeah. can add to it, whether that's you know, harmony or rhythm. Yeah. And you can you can take that through so many places that why not explore those things? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's very similar, I think, to be, to trying to progress as an improviser. I look at them as, as very, they're, they're, they're different endeavors because of the function of them. Hand in hand. Though. But the mindset and the musical skills and the actual functionality of how you go about it, hand in hand, yeah. improvising and composing. It's just spontaneous improvisation. But but if you get their, sim- and, and composition where you're, you're writing it out, others are performing it or you're performing it you know but but the thing about it is like if you get this kind of mentality that one idea for each piece or movement or section however you want to you know break it down all you need is one good idea that's it and that's i think the economy that you just mentioned that's how i interpret it in and and you know stevie wonder has a number of i've heard him speak about this in interviews and, and live a number of times about his uh compositional strategy being like that there's no dearth of ideas for certainly for him, but even for anybody, you know, and he's always talking about how like jazz musicians have so many great ideas in their solos and stuff, but there's always a little bit of like undercurrent of like, you don't have to use every one every time, you know, one every time. And I think more from less, more from less. And I think that's a maturity that comes in as an improviser and as a composer And, and everybody, look, you can, John and everybody else can think about compositions that you love. And you can also think about solos that you love because it's just like we're talking about. It's a similar thing. What are they? How are they constructed? Not necessarily like okay, I love um, 
Brahms second symphony so I want to copy that style mm-hmm. and I want to have a wig like Brahms had it's not about that but think about like the actual musical structural things yeah. the melodic structure yeah. and like take those and like emulate those with your style yeah you know there's nothing wrong with that that's not stealing that's yeah. borrowing yeah <laughs> that's I mean taken. hey every one of those guys stole every orchestration chick in the book from each other exactly and then expounded on it just like every jazz musician stole every piece of language from the generation before and expounded on yeah. it's part of the game you have to do it you have to go through it yeah, I, don't reinvent the wheel just just try to find the wheel and put it in a way that you can have like that one idea that you have that's all you need yeah. and then place that into something that's already tried and true and then the challenging part about all of this in my opinion john is it's more challenging than improvising uh to keep it human because yeah. we're pre-planning everything you know your pen pencil to paper or you're on a computer where everything can get very very copy much like this the next part you know what i mean yeah and to break out of that and have humanity in the music That's musical right. moments that whether you're writing for a jazz trio or you're writing for you know an orchestra it can be very very hard to sound like there's a human being behind this you That's know right. I mean? you got to put those moments in there of unexpected uh, uh, events that happen, of yeah. whatever it is that make you a human musician, you know, whatever that, or, or tension or release or whatever it is you, yeah. you feel like. I think Humanity. Have, yeah, humanity. I yeah. mean, I love, um, I, I hate that he stole this name from me. Jonathan Baptiste's band is called Stay Human. Yeah. And I came up with that first, and I hate that he stole that from me, and I allowed him to do that. that no, guy. it's not true. Yeah, it's it's not, not true, actually. I wish I wish that I had come up with it, but that's a great, I love that concept. You know, that's such a cool thing. Well, don't you, when you write, like, <clears throat> I'll be writing, especially, like, again, if I'm writing for a commission or whatever, and I'm like, everything is in a box right here, <laughs> and now we go to this section, and I'm just like, yep. you know what, screw it. I'm going to do something completely unexpected. I'm going to yep. do a little moment here where it's like, Oh yeah, there's like a, a human being with a soul and wit behind this paper. Yes, you know because usually, if there's classical musicians playing it, they have to be reminded of that too, or they'll just go right. into like auto mode. You yep. know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. So, so let's just throw a few kind of real like um, functional little things people can practice on as far as compass because we've we've really I think hit the the big things the the big areas the the more spiritual conceptual side well but well we, we, we said already you have to compose but that can be a thing that Ray Brown I remember him telling me it was just like he went through this period of writing a tune every day yeah it would just be like a blues or a rhythm it's just it was something he wrote a tune a day for I don't know if it was a month or six months or whatever because he wanted to learn how to write and so like that discipline of daily you know, things. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, we do have an early You'll Hear It episode that we had animated about composition. That's right. Remember that? We had yes. our former uh, art intern, Clara. That's right. Do this whole animation. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. She did. Uh, you it was can, beautiful what we said. You can check it out. But I remember one of the things we talked about on that is you can compose every day. It doesn't have to be even a whole tune. That's right. Compose four bars of something. Yeah. Just give yourself the discipline of something you think you can keep up and do that every day. And 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 that's a way to kind of force out some ideas. Yeah, you're not every day. You might one out of every 20 days hit upon something where you're like, wow, that's my humanity coming out. But that's great. But you know what? If I say I'm going to compose four bars every day, you know what I'm not going to do? What? Actually compose just four bars. Right. I'm probably going to write a little more than oh, that. Oh, you overachiever, you. Get, you. No, no, because you just get into it. You know. Yeah. But if you tell yourself, all I have to do is compose four bars. Right. But some, the some thing days about, you might, you know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. There's always the the possibility for more, and that's that's as it should be when you're feeling more inspired. That's when you're going to get your stuff. But what you don't want to do is the other side of like, oh, I want to wait until inspiration strikes and then I'll write. You'll never but write anything. You'll never write anything. And you know, a composer composes. That's, that's right. As simple as that. An improviser improvises, and um, 
but then, yeah, so that's kind of just sort of a daily thing you can do. Other things are analyzing. And I mean, I assume the question, we, we were kind of talking about, you know, because it's on our mind because we both have orchestral commissions this week due on the same project. Do we ever. <laughs> instead, we're in here doing a podcast instead of writing. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, when you're writing for jazz or, or whatever style you're writing for, like if you're familiar with it as a player, like you use that to your advantage. So like if you're a pianist, and you know start out writing for piano you know yeah. and then start adding another thing write for piano trio or whatever but don't just do like i'm gonna write a blues and just give the bass player changes maybe write a, a, a few lines here and there for them and not necessarily bass lines just a few things for you to play together or whatever like stretch yourself a little bit with each composition you're doing since you're writing every day don't just keep doing what you know stretch yourself with one kind of technical aspect of it yeah i always tell young jazz musicians who ask me about composition that the, the key to it as a jazz musician that we often get um, tagged as lazy sometimes because we don't show enough intent. Yes. We tend to write the changes out for the bass player and be like, ah, I'm a composer. Yeah. You know? Now write me, the, now play it and make me sound good on the on the gig. Yo, if that's your ultimate vision for it, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's then, then you are a composer and that's your vision for it. But if you are hearing more and you're not doing it because you're being lazy, yeah. then that's not true to, to your vision. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Show your intent. Show people what you want this music to be. And never feel like, okay, if you're getting a chance to play with some great players, maybe that you're intimidated by, I used to be like afraid to write stuff for them because I was like, oh, they're going to be able to create something so much better. But then I started, I mean, I remember I wrote uh, some bass, like kind of lines that I wanted to play with with the piano mm -hmm. for Christian McBride. And at first I was like, oh, should I do this? I'm like, he's, <laughs> like, he could probably come up with something. But then I was like, you know he's so he's such a pro. Yeah. What he did was he played what I wrote, but he somehow made it sound even better than I wrote it anyway. And he yeah. was totally cool with that. That's he, what a great musician. He liked to it. Do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he course. was kind of like cool. I want to play. And then it's like finding in jazz. I think composing. It's always that balance for each player of like you don't want to write. Every, you don't want to write. You know, swing feel for the drummer, and then put tang 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 tang. You know sure. the rhythm of it. Yeah. But give him a few hits here and there where he can link up with he or she and like do it in a way that's giving them freedom, but also giving them a little bit of constriction where it's needed they actually like that they do yeah 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 well nailed another one what can we say man we're on a roll here. i hope this one Give me gets some butter i hope this one gets animated <laughs> that's right that's right thank you for the question john it's a great question man obviously we could talk about this for a while like, no we can't we got to go do our composition uh, uh our arranging uh, gigs all right well yeah. you'll hear it <laughs>